There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was good. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Although not native to Mexico, the lush tropical climate of Veracruz was perfect for growing rice. From there, it grew in popularity, becoming one of Mexico's ultimate side dishes— Today's episode is all about rice. My name is Eva Longoria. And I am Maite Gomez Rejon. And welcome to Hungry Hungry for for History, History. a podcast that explores our past and present through food. On every episode, we'll talk about the history of some of our favorite dishes, ingredients, and beverages. So make yourself at home. Y buen provecho. Today's episode is about arroz, Arrocito. rice, rice for those who don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited about rice. Rice. I'm always excited about everything about I know. rice. I know. About, yeah. I we had really some really excited. good rice today. We had great rice today. We were just having this conversation. Just for you guys to know, we are still in Mexico <laughs> and we were talking about different rice because I live mostly in Mexico City. And so I was like, wait, why do they serve so much white rice in Mexico City? You see white rice in some places, and then you see more of the red rice. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting, Spanish rice. Basically, it's this Hispanization of everything yeah. Latin. It's like because of the Spanish language, yeah. everything was called Spanish. But yeah. it's not really Spanish, but it is— There's not, I've never eaten red rice in Spain. Well, the red rice in Spain is, is the paella, it's but it's paella, red. It's but that's not— It's a different kind of rice. Yeah, it's a different kind. But of. it's red because of the saffron, and the Mexican rice is red— Because of tomato because sauce. Because of the tomato sauce. <laughs> yeah. So different regions have— Yeah. Did you grow up eating red I, I grew or up white? eating red. 
Okay. Red, 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 red rice. I mean, that was, you know, quote unquote Spanish rice. But we had Mexican rice, usually with peas and carrots in yes. it. Yes. Right? Peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. From a can. <laughs> From a can. That was your That was thing. my mom. We had rice every day. Rice and beans were the side of everything in my household. For us too. Really? Either white rice just like we had corn or flour tortillas, always both, mm-hmm. we had either white rice or red rice with peas and carrots. Oh, wait. Oh. Our wine just arrived. Hang on. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> Thank you. Mike and I have had a long day. Cheers. Uh, we had a long day visiting um, Totonaca, Totonaca, Totonaca pyramids. And so we're, we're parched. A little bit parched. So we need some more. I, I promise we're not drunk uh, yet, but um, I have a lot of I have a lot of memories tied to rice. Yeah, <laughs> I think my entire childhood, Easter, like who was bringing the rice was a big thing, hmm. and you know, anytime we had a a family gathering, always it, rice. Yeah, I've, so every family gathering to me, it was a big deal who brought the rice. And you, you wished it was my Aunt Elsa. <laughs> I hope it was her turn. I hope it was her turn. My mom makes really good rice. And she makes an amazing paella. Mm. Amazing. So do you, what rice do you make at home? I am not good at making rice. Oh! I then suck you're at not ready rice. to be married. That's, you're not ready to be married. I can't married. believe, I remember my mom, that's my such a, where did, that, where did that come from? It's a horrible patriarchal <laughs> saying in the Mexican culture of you're not ready oh to get married. God. So you can make rice. Not I remember, I could that. make rice by 12, by the way. <laughs> okay. I could make it by 12. I'm not getting married at 12. But my mom was like, you're, my grandma would say, you're ready to get married. That, my mom used uh, to say, no te puedes casar. No te puedes casar. You can't get married. And I still, I'm married, but. Did you, what beans did you have? Pinto? No, always black beans. What? Never oh, had you're first beans. generation. I'm first generation. I'm and nice. I think the food that we had at my house, we also had, you know, the influence of the North, mm. but very, but never Pinto beans. And I love them. The borracho with yeah. bacon and beer. Oh, yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. But at home, black beans, a hundred percent of the time. But do you find you can't have rice without beans? I can't have rice without beans. I can have rice without beans. I can't. I can't. I don't understand that. Really? Yeah. So like today when we had rice and I was like a little sad and then the guy brings over the beans and I was like, yes. <laughs> they do go together. Rice and beans. You know the word arroz, arroz. didn't appear in the, in the language, in the Castellano, the Castilian language until the 12th century. It's an Arab word. Arroz. What does it mean? It was adopted into the Spanish language in the 12th oh, century. Okay. What it do you it have? comes what from it the Arabic word al rus al rus al rus a l r u z z in 710 ad the moors uh-huh they brought the them moors over brought the word the arabic word for rice which was al rus and we've changed it to arroz, arroz. i love knowing 300 those years later it became arroz yes somebody was too lazy to say al rus al rus <laughs> it became arroz al rus al rus means arroz. rice in arabic uh-huh. and ancient greek Ancient Greece is Orusa, Orusa, O-R-U-Z-A. Okay, that's interesting. And actually early on when it made its way, you know, to Europe, they were using it like medicinally, like for, you know, to treat, you know, stomach aches. It's just one of the oldest cereal grains in the world. But how did it end up in Latin America? That's the thing. That's the that's the big question. And there are different theories as to how it ended up in Latin America. Mm -hmm. But we're in Veracruz. Yeah. 
Well, it probably came through the port. And it came through here. Okay. So there are different theories. Okay. So one theory is that it came very, which is the most plausible theory, that it came through Veracruz very early on, 16th century, one of the first ingredients that came over. And they say that there was Hernán Cortés, the conqueror Hernán Cortés. Yeah. Came, we landed through here, that guy, <laughs> that, that guy. infamous guy. <laughs> he actually bought, before coming here, he bought six enslaved Africans in Cuba and brought them over. And these were the first Africans in Mexico. They came through Veracruz. Mm-hmm. Legend is that one of them was carrying a bag that had rice in it. And mm-hmm. this was the first, you know, rice. So potentially African rice. And there are writings like from the Spanish conquistadors, like we have a lot of what we know about this period. I mean, a lot of the history that we know is very Euro-centric, right? From right. that, yeah. you know, perspective. Yeah, they write all the history. <laughs> yeah. So as early as 1579, there is evidence, there is writing that in the state of Tabasco, mm-hmm. they were growing rice. And tobacco, well, tobacco is native to to, to this to here, yeah. but they're already growing at rice as early as 1579. So that's one theory. All right, y'all, when we come back, we'll be learning all about the surprising history of rice and how it ended up on our delicious plates of food here in Latin America. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was good. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. 
Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink that's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Another thing that we consume a lot of, that I was thinking about when we had lunch today, because we had rice and they also served agua de jamaica. Yes. Right? That hibiscus flower. Yeah. That's native to Africa. Hibiscus uh -huh. is native to Africa. I thought Tamarind. it was native to Mexico. Tamarindo? Because that's native to Africa. Native to Africa wow. and also India. Both, uh, both uh -huh. places. But yeah. Limon? Yes. That's out, That's Asian. That's from China as well. Yes, I yeah. did know that. Citrus, yeah. Mm -hmm. But hibiscus, tamarind, that's such a part. I mean, today yeah. we had rice. Yeah. And and hibis and the awa and de Jamaica. Like, those were all brought over. And it's actually called Jamaica because they they thought that it came from Jamaica from Jamaica. Oh yes, Jamaica. 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 From Jamaica. <gasps> it's this whole African influence, this well, African diaspora that's not really talked about. But speaking of African influence is is a lot a lot like sugar. Like the demand in the world for sugar created a demand for slavery and mm -hmm. a demand in the world for rice also did the same thing. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of African enslavement tied to rice. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Anything that's so, because it's so grueling, right? It's so hard, hard process. Humid. Yeah. And another thing with these, you know, bringing the Africans that they knew how to cultivate the rice. They knew how to grow it. They yeah. knew the land and the climate is very similar and the places mm -hmm. that grow this, you know, so they were picking the people to work the land mm -hmm. based on their knowledge, yeah. you know, that it, that was valuable. Let's talk about how is rice grown? Rice is just like the craziest, the craziest it's a, it's thing. It's a weird thing. It's like a, like a patty. Like it's this, these fields yeah. that have to be flooded mm -hmm. before the rice can then be, you know, 
Harvest it. We harvest it. So, and it's interesting, there, the state of Morelos mm-hmm. here in sort of central- In Mexico. In mm-hmm. Mexico has this like amazing rice that has a denomination of origin. It's supposed to be the most amazing rice. It, it won like world's best rice in, at the World's Fair in Paris in the year 1900. So oh it's supposed to be the, the best, best rice. rice. But how did it get, from, like I get, okay, so I get how it got here, the Spaniards, but how did it get to, was so this, the Spanish- that brought it, was that rice from Africa? No. Was it China? It's the Asian rice. So that rice, this is so interesting because this really shows how everything is connected. Connected. So originally Asian rice, China, India, it makes its way all the way to the Middle East. Okay. Right. So the Moors have it in the Middle East and they arrive in In Spain. Spain And ruled for 400 years. And ruled for 400 years. Yes. They introduced it to Sicily, Mm. to Morocco, and then of course in Spain. So of course when it's you know, cultivated, it takes on different characteristics and there are different sizes of rice, like the Spanish rice. Like long for grain bio. rice, jasmine rice. Yeah. yeah exactly. But, you know, Europe's not a big rice place. France isn't. Italy obviously is not. Well, they're just in where the rice paddies are in the north, the, the uh, risotto. That's rice. But is, it's the arborio rice. It's a right. different type of rice. Right. So there's that in Spain. There's the bomba rice that's which similar is, to the arborio rice. So that's is, much more in Valencia. And that's and that's what they use for paella? Yeah, the bomba rice. it's bigger and harder. It's bigger and harder. It's like rounder. Yeah, it's rounder. It's rounder. Mm. So, and the one that we get here mostly, you see the long grain rice. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. like what we had Today, today yeah, is the long grain rice. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. that's like the sort of, the, that's the rice that I always grew up with. Uh, just regular long, long grain rice. Long grain. Mahatma. Mahatma. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the rice. That's the rice. That's the rice. That's the rice. But I think archaeologists said rice did really was from China, that that's where it was discovered. The earliest, I guess, earliest. evidence of it. Earliest evidence, yes. Is, but there's also China. really ancient evidence in Africa, mm. right? But that Asian rice is the rice that eventually made its way here. Mm. But then some accounts say that the Manila galleons, which were these ships that made their way for 250 mm. years between Man- the Philippines. Yeah. Of course, it's already, it's, it's Asia. It's a Spanish yeah. colony, but it's Asia. So they were eating rice. Yeah coming over to Acapulco and bringing the rice with them, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that whole, you know, that whole school of thought that no, rice arrived during the colonial, you know, period, You typically like 18th century, yeah. that rice, but it's probably both. And then there's this new theory that there's evidence of rice growing in Brazil going back about 4,000 years. Wow. And that they were- well, you know, I know that this article about the archaeologists who found the first evidence of rice in China over 10,000 years ago, talked about how even in China, they were hunter-gatherers and rice changed the way they lived. Mm-hmm. Like changed their society as they know it. And it's, you know, to this day, a staple of their diet. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally a staple. And that's, yeah, because once you have this grain, you have to take care of it. Mm-hmm. So then you're going to settle and you're going to form communities, right? And you're going to, yeah. And we know it's so interesting by the, the archaeological evidence that they test these, you know, pots and they do the carbon testing and they realize what, what they were cooking and growing. But yeah, it's a big part of it, but it's not, it's not a huge part of Mexican culture. I mean, it's around, but it in certain parts of the country, no. like the yeah. South or, you know, Yucatan yeah. or Yucatan, there's not a lot of rice. I was oh, like, can right. I get a bowl of rice? Because it's such a state. They say it's a staple in half the globe. It's a staple in the diet of half the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's crazy. I mean, you, you're, it's true. Like, yeah. 
everybody has some sort of rice dish, but in Mexico, it does depend where you go. It does depend. There's a lot of rice in Louisiana, in, in New Orleans food. There's yeah, a lot, of rice, a lot in- of rice in South Carolina, the Carolina gold rice. Mm. So it's interesting. It's like they're different types mm-hmm. of rice and this whole idea, the, the, the mix, like having the peas and the carrots, mm-hmm. these are just sort of different cultures that were doing this. They were doing that thing in, in Africa, but rice has this long history. Yeah, rice has been here over 500 years, mm. which I find fascinating that such a tiny little yeah. grain yeah. can carry just the world. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. It's been all over. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I always say people need to realize we live in a global society. Like I don't live in Texas and Mexico and United, like we live in a global community and how everything is connected. Mm -hmm. Even then, even in the 17th century, even 10,000 years ago, that how rice made its way somewhere. You're like, wow. I mean, look, look at COVID. Yeah. That's the perfect example. (laughs) Perfect example of of how we, you know, we were all affected and connected. When did rice get a bad name though? Don't you feel like dietarily, yeah. it's, it's gotten like, thrown under the bus. It is. It's like... <laughs> They're like, stop, stop eating, eating rice. rice. I like, feel like I stopped for a minute because I was like, is it bad for me? Like, right. when did it when did I that think happen? it's because that, like, the, maybe that sort of weight consciousness yeah. that it was like rice, carbs, bad. I mean... <laughs> It's all, you know. But this is the same thing. Like we could do a quinoa episode too because I feel like there's a whole food ecosystem behind all food and Mm -hmm. growth and production. Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, there's something happening. And then like with what happened with quinoa in Peru, which is like it was the food of the people. And now it's exploded all over the world as a superfood. And now even the people in Peru can't afford quinoa now. And you're like, oh my God, what do we do? Like there's a lot of balance. Yeah. Yeah in food production that we have to be very careful of. And so that's celery juice, right? Like I remember uh, there was a celery farmer going, I can't grow it fast enough because this new diet craze of celery and juice in the morning. And he was like, what is happening? I've been growing celery for hundreds (laughs) of years. My family, I've never had a craze like this. And then the next day they dropped the craze and that farmer's stuck with tons of celery. celery. You know what I mean? Like we have to be really mindful of these diet craze things. And so I, I bet you, I bet you rice suffered when, when people gave it a bad. I probably did. Yeah. That marketing. The marketing is, is such a, what, what is good and what is bad. I was reading something about pomegranate, like that pomegranate, pomegranate, pomegranate superfood super, super, that will like hit the market. Yeah. That's pomegranate yeah. juice for a while. It was like yes. the biggest the craze. Biggest thing. I remember this. And it was just, but I they like had a gone. lot. It's kind of, yeah. I haven't heard about it. And for it's been a few years, but yeah. I saw some documentary that this farm had a ton of pomegranates. They're like, what do we do with it? And the pomegranate craze just sort of starts all marketing. It's mm-hmm. really interesting how interesting. it affects how it affects, you know, what we what we buy and yeah. what we what we care about, what we yeah. think about, what, and we what we talk pay attention about. to, and what craze we jump onto. When we come back, David Vasquez and Ashley Leon Vasquez, owners of Orchateria Rio Luna in Paramount, California, share their techniques for making the best horchata, a traditional Mexican agua fresca made with rice. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, 
we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene. Eugene Fodor. Gene was boarded. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jin, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean! Huh? Oh. Run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink that's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back to Hungry for History. We can't talk about rice and not mention horchata, an agua fresca flavored with cinnamon and vanilla. The history of this drink is just as complex as the origins of rice. While the Mexican version of horchata first appeared in the 16th century, its roots date back to an ancient Roman medical elixir made from barley. In fact, the word horchata comes from the Latin ordeata, meaning a drink made with barley. From its role as medicine in antiquity, the beverage took a circuitous route across Europe and across the Atlantic to Latin America. Along the way, horchata became a whole family of drinks made from various grains, nuts, and seeds. Here are David Vasquez and Ashley Leon Vasquez, owners of Horchateria Rio Luna, sharing what inspired them to open up their shop and the best techniques for making rice horchata. Hi, my name is David Vasquez. And I'm Ashley Leon Vasquez. Our inspiration for opening Orchateria Rio Luna was the love of our culture, our roots, and the flavors we grew up tasting, specifically the coffee, churros, and of course, our chata. We knew if we were having a family party, there was going to be a big old jug of horchata. And I just remember myself and my cousins just going to town on the horchata. A memory that I have growing up will be going to our local taco shop. Definitely horchata was on the menu and most places served it fresh. That was the, the go-to as far as the, a drink and pair well with our tacos. One of the best techniques to make authentic homemade horchata would be to let the rice soak preferably overnight, but definitely more than about eight hours. This really brings out the rice flavor in your drink, and it really gives that homemade taste. A different way to prep the uh, rice would be to boil the water and add your rice, letting it sit for at least 30 minutes. And that would leave the uh, rice in a consistency where it's soft and you're able to grab it with your fingers and pretty much crush it or split it in half. And that's when you know that your rice is ready. Throw it in the blender and blend it up really well until no grains are left. And just put the rest of the ingredients in as well, like the cinnamon and sugar and water. And uh, that would give you some of the best horchata. Delicious. <laughs> yes, definitely delicious. Here's the thing with rice for y'all cooks. Um, you have to put everything in, cover it, and walk away. Mm -hmm. So you say a prayer and hope you didn't oversalt it, overseason it, undersalt, underseason. You can always underseason, but but then it tastes blah. What what kind of rice do you make? Uh, well, Mexican rice. Just the, 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 red. the red rice. I always make the red. Always make the red. Actually, I'm horrible at making steamed rice. Like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. I make, when I make the rice, I just do, I, I make white rice. Just saute a little bit of garlic. Okay. Toast the rice a little bit and then add chicken yeah, broth. Yeah. And then cover it. Yeah. And then and it's it either hard or mush. Right. Yeah. I don't know what I do. Yeah. Do you do the, the equal parts or the double parts? One to I two. Mean, yeah. One to two. One to two. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't measure. I still, you really. I don't measure. I don't do the one to two. I, I brown the rice. Uh -huh. I put first I put onion and garlic and I saute that. Then I brown the rice on top of that. Uh -huh. Then I put in water. And I put a chicken bouillon, comino, garlic salt. And, I mean, garlic powder, onion powder. So even though I put oh. garlic and onion, I put garlic and onion powder. And then when do you put tomato the tomato? sauce. And okay. then I close it. Hmm. And it comes out perfect every time. It doesn't come out mushy. No. Whenever I've made that rice, yeah. 
mushy. It's like unedible. Unedible? Yeah. Oh my gosh, no. Yeah. I don't know what I do. I, I remember a friend is. of mine coming over and he was like, I can't believe you're not measuring right now because of rice, you know? Yeah. Like I measure oatmeal. I, every time I make oatmeal, I have to do it two to one and hmm. all that stuff. And But and rice, you just do it like No, but by. rice I don't. <laughs> but I so fuck up white rice. I can't make like jasmine. I can't do that. Okay. I, in una olla, in a... In a in Onahoya? Yeah, in a pot. In a pot. I don't know the <laughs> word. But I make in a sartén, I can make, in the frying pan, I can make the, the Mexican rice. My okay. mom loves my Mexican Everybody loves my, and I make amazing fideo, too. The Mexican rice? Uh-huh. It's very similar to an African rice called jollof rice. That's really a popular dish in West Africa uh-huh. that has, it has a little bit of chicken, but it has chopped onions and tomatoes. It's made with tomato paste, chopped vegetables, you know, green beans, mm. you know, so it's very, very similar to, to the rice Mexican that we have rice. today. Yeah, to the Mexican rice. And then there's a rice in Veracruz, Rosa La Tumbada. Okay. But do you know this rice? No. It's like a paella. Okay. But it's, it's rice. Without the saffron, it's more of a kind of tomato-based with lots of vegetables and just tons of seafood. And that's... That sounds like a paella. It's like a paella, but without the saffron. Okay. And that's typical What here. about... ¿Cómo se llama? What's the name of that rice in Puerto Rico that sticks to the bottom? From- oh, the socarrat. In paella and also in... Um, and Persian rice, it's that part of the rice that sticks to the bottom. Yes. Which is the best rice. In, 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 it's um, hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the burnt, burnt rice. It's the burnt rice. It's the best stuff. And it's called, yes. in, in Spain, they call it the socarrat. There's a great restaurant in New York called socarrat. Which really? I think it's a great name for the restaurant. Pegao. Oh, pegao? Is that what pegao. it's called? Pegao. Because it's Okay, stuck. it's stuck. So in Puerto Rico, it's called pegao. It's and pegao. It's, it, well, Dominican cuisine. And Puerto Rican cuisine. It's scorched rice, which is called bagao, short for pegado, which means stuck. And so you flip oh, over the pan yes. and everybody fights for the for the hard part. For the, the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Persians call it um, tadig. 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 And is it the same? Steve? Yeah, it's the same thing. Oh, what about, we haven't even talked about coconut rice. Oh, I love coconut I rice. I love coconut rice. And sticky rice, which is similar, right? Sticky you rice. like the mango usually. sticky rice? Mango sticky rice. With coconut, that's yes. delicious. Arroz con leche. Arroz con leche. Desserts. Did you grow up eating arroz con leche? I did not. Oh. But I have an appreciation for it. Hungry for History is an unbelievable entertainment production in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more of your favorite shows, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene! Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. 
You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.